Hey, everybody. Good evening. This is Matthew from Don't Unfriend Me. I don't have my handy-dandy pencil. Oh, that would have been bad. Got to have my pencil. This is my my wand, my, my Rosetta Stone, my Thor's hammer, my Uriel bow, my boomstick. This is my thing. I got to have it. Anyway, Matt from Don't Unfriend Me, January 11th. Monday, January 11th, it seems like Friday already, episode 80, I am going to bring back a joke tonight, and what are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about Apple, and the reason I want to talk about Apple is because I think Apple gets a little bit of a a bad rep, but it also has some issues, and I'll talk a little bit about my time there. I, I worked there for a spell, and I think they're in the news lately, and I'm a little disappointed, and I want to talk about Apple for no other reason than It's something to pass the time. And when I was thinking about the joke, uh, (laughs) I had to be careful because there was one that was extremely cute and funny and there was other one that was extremely offensive. So, of course, I'm going to go with the the offensive one. I'll give you both of them. How about that? When I worked at an Apple store, whenever a customer would steal something, the police would come and they would ask me questions and they would refer to me as an eyewitness. That's a cute one. I thought it was pretty good. The next one, um, not so cute, is that I have a Muslim friend of mine, and every time that he kneels down to pray, I always bring vanilla ice cream and apple, that app, an apple pie, and that way we are both in Allah mode. It's been a few days since I had a joke for you, so I figured I would throw one out there and hit the old giggle button. I hope that uh, made you laugh, and it probably didn't, but if it didn't, I apologize. Let's go ahead and start it off, folks. Don't Unfriend Me host is where I'm at on Facebook. You can visit me here. This is predominantly where I spend most of my days and most of my communication is done. However, you can also reach out on YouTube. If you haven't followed on YouTube and you have an account, please, I'm always trying to get more subscribers and the hump is kind of 100. We're hitting at 81 right now and we're growing, but it's just slow. It's really hard. Uh, at Facebook, we're almost at 2,000. So if you could do me a favor, head on over to YouTube and throw me a like and a follow, a share, subscribe, all that other stuff, whatever it is over there, I would appreciate it. And last you can also visit me at don'tunfriendme.com where everything's there my photos uh, the website there's a blog that i'm trying to start i haven't really decided what i'm going to do with it all of the videos that we do and also the podcast would love to see you there who am i what am i what do i do well i don't have all that information but i do have my name it's matthew spear and this is don't unfriend me and i would appreciate it if you would visit me on all my sites follow us and officially then you can be a dummy and god won't kill a puppy and what is a dummy well it's a dumb nation and what is the dumb nation well those are the people who follow the don't unfriend me show and what do we do here well we talk a little bit about everything We try to focus on current events, 
topics, sometimes sports, movies, whatever really tickles our fancy. The one thing we don't do here is conspiracy theories. We try to focus on the truth. And if I'm going to make a prediction, I'll let you know that it's a prediction. And this is what I think versus this is what I know. I don't talk in infidence. I, I don't believe in supposition. Uh, I'm pretty much, if it's fact, I talk about it. And if it's not, then we can hypothesize with the best of them. But we always make sure that you feel comfortable with that information coming out. Well, first, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about Apple. And I'll tell you a little story about Apple and how long I worked for Apple and, and disclose everything and be very honest and transparent with you about my journey with Apple. Uh, early in my career as a district manager, I worked at Bath & Body Works, Victoria's Secret as a DM. And uh, DM is a person who runs anywhere from 12 to 16 whatever stores over a few states. And I enjoyed the role. And I've worked in retail before this most of my life and what I do now. And one day Apple came knocking and this was a dream. They say, if you haven't done Apple retail, you haven't done retail. And I guess that's the truth. It's a little bit arrogant, but Apple works at a different pace. It is the elite of the elite. The top 2% of the retail world work at Apple. It is extremely lucrative. They pay very well. And when I say very well, usually about seven to 10 times more than any other retailer across all levels, from part-time work to full-time work, uh, supervisor roles to manager, senior manager, store leaders, regionals, VPs, they pay exceptionally well. In fact, most store leaders can be millionaires within three to five years working at Apple, especially if they got in anywhere from six to seven years ago early. It's extremely lucrative, and it f propelled me financially into uh, a different state of mind and a different hunger for the level I worked at. I I had a proclivity for, for working and taking care of customers at a high level. Uh, my thought process was uh, team first. Now, I was extremely hard on my teams. I'm not easy to work for, never been easy to work for. And people will tell you that in my early years of leadership, I was pretty much a jerk. I, I wasn't very complimentary. I was hard on people. My my goal setting was unfair. And at times I focused primarily on numbers versus the customer experience. And that changed at Apple. Working at Apple, my store in Little Bakersfield, California, in New Mexico, where I also worked with a gentleman named Doug, we had the top two NPS, which is our customer service stores in the world, uh, along with the best employee scores. So we did very well. We had our inside numbers. We had strong conversion. We year over year grew and we had wonderful success. And as most of you know, I had some injuries in the military that caught up with me and I wound up having to have several surgeries and I became um, habitual on medication, predominantly oxycodone and, and, and oxycotton. And this took over my life, and I took a hiatus from Apple to have surgeries and repair. I achieved my five-year anniversary, and then on five years and one day, I resigned. And I resigned because ultimately I had done damage to my own personal brand. Uh, the medicine took over. I wasn't working as hard. I didn't show up enough, and I let my career go into the toilet along with my body, my mind, and my soul. And I've been very honest with you, and if you go back to previous episodes, and maybe I'll link it to you, in fact, I will link it. It'll pop up right here. Uh, you can watch that episode and hear a little bit about my journey. But the long and short of it is that I loved my time at Apple. Now, my fourth day at Apple, Steve Jobs passed away. And it was a very 
difficult time for me. And the reason why is because we had been going through training before that. And as I was coming in as, as a senior manager, a bunch of the employees were going to go get Apple tattoos. And I went and got one too. It was my first tattoo I ever received. And it's right underneath my watch band is an Apple tattoo. Uh, and I don't know why I did it, but somehow it was just a monumental occasion for me. I love Apple products. I never could afford Apple products until I, until I started working at Apple. But I understood them and they made sense to me and I could sell them effectively. And I could inspire people to achieve wonderful things with the product and I enriched customers' lives. Apple is an amazing company. They have a belief that every customer deserves the same experience. They have an ethos and a an ethos card which essentially walks through the customer journey, the associate journey, and the company mantra. And this is used during huddles and it's used during downloads and uploads every night and every day as they reflect on the on the level of customer service they provide. And when there are complaints, they break out the ethos card and then they check it to see if they followed the credo. Uh, and, and that is essentially what it is. It's a credo for all associates and everyone has one. A lot of people say Apple's a cult. It's not a cult. It is secretive by design and it is elusive to understand what happens behind the doors, but that's what makes them intriguing. And that's what's kept the brand alive for so long, even when it was unsuccessful. Now, Apple has risen from the dead a few times and Steve Jobs, although not successful early because he didn't have complete control, but he learned things at different companies. You have to remember, he went to Pixar, uh, he went to Next and created Next. He did several things outside of uh, just Apple when he left that helped him understand what failure looked like and how to avoid it. He was a master marketer and a very intelligent man. I've read several books on, on Mr. Jobs, and although he was a very difficult man to work for, and what people would say could be an a-hole, his vision was unparalleled. And it's not that he was creative or innovative. He was able to take other people's ideas and make them better. And that is a skill set that very few people possess, along with a keen marketing mind, made Steve Jobs the monumental success that he was. I'm going to show you a video And there's two videos that I love with Apple. One is there's the Connect the Dots video, which would I challenge you to look at it, watch it. And it is one of the greatest pieces of marketing I've ever witnessed. And then I want you to watch the crazy ones. And this is important to me because I put up a picture today in regards to this. And it was simply this. It is a, is an old advertisement from Apple when they first started with the Mac that said, think different. And it was actually focused on the IBM ad that said, think simply. Well, Steve Jobs found that to be a little condescending. So think different, not just think. And then, of course, I saw this meme earlier, and underneath it says, and you will be deleted. Essentially, if you do think different now, Apple will delete you. And this is what the episode is about. I want to talk about 20 things that Apple has done or hasn't done or some of the misnomers about Apple. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about 
what's happening right now with the banning and censorship that Apple is condoning. And it really goes against their credo and ethos. And I wanted to explore it with you today. So first things first, let's watch this video. I think you will enjoy it. It's very quick, very simple. It is narrated by Steve Jobs, but Richard Dreyfuss actually did the released version uh, because Steve felt that it would be too ostentatious to consider him to be a world leader and somebody who thought differently. However, I seriously doubt that's what happened because Steve always felt he was that way. He probably got some feedback from his marketing team, and it was good that he didn't because Richard Dreyfus nailed it. Here is the Steve Jobs version of Think Different. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them, because they change things. They push the human race forward. While some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Think different, also the crazy ones. A great commercial, one that still gives me goosebumps today, and it is an amazing piece of marketing. Apple has come very, very far. When Steve passed away, the company inherently changed, and it changed in this way, is Steve believed in spending money at a rapid clip. He didn't want to rule the world. He didn't want all of the market share. He just wanted anywhere from 10 to 12%, and he got that and more. But Steve didn't necessarily agree with what's happening today. I don't believe that Steve believed in censorship. He believed in the crazy ones. He believed in the misfits. He believed in people who push back. Now, he certainly wasn't a Republican. In fact, he hated totalitarianism. He hated Republican beliefs and was very liberal in his beliefs. He had Hindu leanings. He had mantras of slight Marxism in his tones. He studied all over the world. If you call studying, going and taking LSD and not wearing any shoes and not taking a bath for a long time, that's pretty accurate. Steve was fired from as many jobs as he held. He was despised by some people but loved by a lot. He was an amazing person. And later in life, he became able to calm the voice inside him, which was extremely angry and indifferent to the world, and became a fairly moderate and kind man in many ways. His life ended way too early. I also feel the same way about Tim Cook, but he is the opposite of Steve. He is nothing like Steve. He is an operational mind. And he is more of a project manager mind. He has taken Apple to new heights financially. They stopped replacing iPhones at a whim. There used to be the two-drop rule that you could break your iPhone once, return it, do it again, and return it, and still get Apple Care for another two replacements for a simple price of $99.99. Apple was losing billions because of this, but it's what made them popular. And what happened is the Genius Bar was created, and phones were repaired, and laptops were repaired, and what they found is that the life cycle of their product slowly started to decline because people stopped buying new product and they started having it repaired instead. And the wait times became extremely difficult and hard on the employees as they were asked over and over and over and over to do more with less. 
When I left Apple, I realized that a transfer was happening inside the company, that military, Republicans, middle-aged white men were becoming a thing of the past. A lot of friends were being replaced with diversity and inclusion, and in fact, we were told to hire a certain amount of each person, race, color, creed, female or male, and not based on merit. These things didn't sit well with me. I felt it was important that we hired our demographic and represented our towns and communities. And ultimately, I had a different opinion on what was required. People would show up late 30 to 40 times and not be terminated. People would miss work ad nauseum three to four or five days a week with no notes or no excuses other than I didn't show up because I didn't set my clock. We were unable to write them up. We were unable to term them. People would steal things. People would do things unethical. They would chew out a customer, and yet still they had a job. And I found it to be exhausting. But also my own personal demons is why I left. But the company changed. They hired several different people to run retail. When Ron Johnson left, it completely changed. And I think you will find that most people who have left Apple have a fondness of Apple, but also have some bones of contention with them. Here are some of the misnomers and things that you hear all the time. And I'm going to run through them. These are the 20 things about Apple that you have to know, and I'm going to let you know if they're true or not. Hiring Foxconn for production, which was in China. And yes, there were people who hired Foxconn. A lot of companies hired Foxconn. And Foxconn did assemble a large portion of Apple's product in the 2000 to 2015 range. However, due to work conditions, they were paid extremely well based upon the current climate. But that's not saying much when everyone made 62 cents in a day. People jumped to their death instead of working and a lot of things happened. And one of the things Tim Cook did was ensure that the conditions in China were better. Now, I don't work in China and I can't tell you what's happened, but there is a lot of comments that it has gotten better since those times. Yes, they did put up nets in case people jumped that they would bounce back up right into their chair, even though that's a complete joke. Becoming part of the NSA's PRISM project, actually, it wasn't that Apple was necessarily involved in the project and that uh, that people didn't like, is that the NSA would tell you that they need to be involved and then you don't really have a great deal of choice. However, Apple was very vague when they were questioned by journalists about this. They would go to companies and say, this is a mandatory for you to continue to work in the United States. But Apple's problem is that, that they were not open and honest about it, and they were most indeed involved with the PRISM program. And for a company that has three mantras and three pillars, and those pillars basically state that they want you to think different, that your privacy is safe with them, and that their tech works. Well, the funny thing is, is that Apple wasn't always a tech company. They were a software company who sold certain technology and hardware. But privacy is something that they have always been, has been a staple of their ethos and what they have sold to their customer. In this case, it wasn't true. And they were a part of the PRISM project, which lowered their credibility with a lot of people. But so was everybody else. Tax avoidance. People say that they avoid taxes and don't pay them, and the answer is they certainly do. They keep $250 billion of liquid cash overseas into Ireland and pay a lower tax rate. But I would do the same thing. That's certainly not Apple's fault. It's United States' fault, where you were paying 36% corporate tax, but now they can get away with anywhere from 135 to 15%, which isn't as low as the Ireland 7%, but it would be a good thing for Apple to care about America and the prosperity and 
and that infusion of cash would be good for our economy. However, Apple still hoards its cash overseas. The raising of ebook prices scandals and rounding them up and going off of ESRB, Apple denied it and said they didn't do it, yet they did. This cost iTunes and Apple ebook users millions upon millions of dollars, and eventually they lost in court. There has been appeal, of course, and everything that is ruled against one is appealed and it plays over and over and over as millions of dollars are bounced back and forth. And this is the way the game is played. It's been going on with Samsung and Apple for years. Potential use of blood minerals in their products. Basically, there's a product called Colton that they use in their their products and their microchips and liquid crystal displays and their circuits, etc., etc. There are several places in the world, but most of them are actually like blood diamonds and they're run by slave camps. This has never been proven. And once again, people try to associate that with Apple, but it's not necessarily true or has been proven. Location data is logged extensively. And yes, it is. And the default is for you to turn location services on. And every time you join an app and you say, would you like to share your location? You're ultimately giving those apps permission to track you day or night whenever you want unless you specifically say that you want to use it only when you're opening the app apple tracks your location they know where you're at at all times and they can share that with other iphone users and most assuredly other applications and other advertisers use it as well hence why you might get advertisements for something in wisconsin when you're in wisconsin but then when you go to virginia you get those in virginia it's simply based upon cell phone towers geocaching and knowing where you are based off gps pollution people say that apple pollutes the planet and actually apple is fantastic with their phones and with the creation of their phones. Now, every company that mass produces anything is polluting the environment, but Apple is very cognizant to make sure BPAs, mercury, any type of that type of stuff is free, uh, arsenic from their products and the waste that they create. They are a fairly green company. They are an energy efficient company. And if you're going to count coup against anyone, they would definitely be in the top five as far as the quality of green that their company is. Getting rid of Google Maps in favor of iOS update and, and, and iOS Maps. This whole war with Google kind of started from there. Uh, I'll be honest with you, iOS Maps was horrendous. And honestly, Google Maps is too. A lot of people should use Waze. It's a better app than both of them. But alas, Apple does nefarious things and makes stupid choices and then goes ahead and plays it off that it's good. Like Antanagate, when Steve Jobs said, no, 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 no. It's not the phone. You're holding it wrong. Let us give you a brand new case and fix the problem. But that is Apple. They are extremely arrogant and very rarely do they admit that they're wrong. If they did, they would not have put the U2 album on billion people's iTunes account against their will. It's not nurturing work environment. I will tell you this. I don't believe that it is a nurturing work environment. Working at Apple is extremely high pressure, and it's not because of the sales. In fact, during my time there, we never spoke about sales. We never talked about individual numbers. We talked about personal growth, and working there is an open door to your soul. They pick you apart, they focus on the things that make you weak, and they try to make you stronger. It is a psychological barrage that happens constantly during every review and every visit and every sit-down that you have on a one-on-one it is a difficult place to work and if you don't grow you die 
Essentially, that's the way it is. And it's not because they fire you. You just get sick and tired of hearing how you constantly aren't up to snuff to the Apple standard. This is with any high-performing job, and it doesn't matter whether you're an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer or a ditch digger. You do your job to the utmost, or they will find somebody who will. Apple's not that harsh, but you do replace yourself if you can't keep up to speed. The hours are not necessarily long, but occasionally you will work overnights. You will show up at 4 a.m. and you will work through the evening. It happens from time to time. But Apple's laws generally are based on California laws, which people get overtime. They don't necessarily have to work eight hours without getting two breaks, two full lunches. They are paid extremely well and taken care of. I disagree that it's not a nurturing work environment. It is just a very fast pace and brutal one for your personal growth. Employees with children are not always treated fairly. It's ridiculous. I'm not even going to go into it. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The salary looks good, but this is not always the case. That is absolutely not true. You pay people what they're worth. And I have had, in five years working for Apple, I have seen them actually do a reflect on all the pay. Look at balanced equality for pay and bring everybody up to the same or higher pay scale to make sure that it was fair. They are very socialist in their pay scales. That is not true. Apple has more money than the U.S. Treasury, times three. Absolutely they do. They have more cash on hand than the United States and 12 other countries. Apple does not accept money uh, for product placement. Um, It's not that they can't take money. It's that Apple is very stringent on who they allow to use their product and who they don't. If it is going to reflect it in a negative light or the content is something that they don't like, they will not allow you to use it and you must cover up the product. It is a very stringent product. However, shows like Breaking Bad used Apple product and at our New Mexico store, we provided several computers and phones to the staff of Breaking Bad. And yes, I had the chance to meet Mr. Walter White and Jesse and oh a couple of other of the cast Mike as well so it was very cool oh, and Gus Fring outside in ABQ Uptown all iPhones and advertisements show the same time um, that is true if the iPhone was made six years earlier it would cost three million dollars I, I, I don't even know if that's true it might be carpenters are always on hand to build walls that is ridiculous Apple has one of the biggest centers ever in history the mothership it is so large and so extensive that you could spend all day and it's very similar to the pentagon multiple levels underground above ground it's economically viable it has its own ecosystem its own energy source its own water filtration plant it is ridiculous and it's a reason why it was so much darn money is because it is the most state of art of the art building in the world they don't need to build new walls ultimately ufo spacemen come down and do it for them apple has no reason to do that Steve Jobs was only paid $1 per year as CEO. That is accurate. However, he was worth $10 billion a year in Apple stock. And if anyone asks you, do you want to be paid in Apple stock or money? You say Apple stock. Trust me. Uh, And then lastly, new employees are often put on fake projects. It used to happen. It used to happen all the time. But the secrecy has kind of gone out of Apple. Now there are leaks and there are other websites that allow them to test the market like everyone else and do focus groups. So the secret at Apple is that there really are no more secrets. Why the big conversation today? There's something happening in the tech industry and I've alluded to it several times, is that there is a protection 
and a clause in a bill that allows these tech companies to either classify themselves as content producers or content providers. A content provider can't be held liable for what they publish or what they allow on their site. A content producer can be. And what changes it from a content provider and a producer is when you edit or alter or disallow information on your platform. Facebook and Twitter, YouTube, all of them have been doing this for years, especially since 2016, where they have decided who can post what and when. And Donald Trump made an enemy of the tech industry. Not only did he challenge them on this protection status, he wanted to destroy it by executive order and most assuredly tried to pass it in this bill before he left office. You see, Donald Trump saw some things, and you can say whatever you want about him, but nobody feels good about the power that Google and Apple and Facebook yield. They are worth more than countries combined. And now you have companies besides Facebook, which are opening up that aren't Facebook, but are owned by Facebook. WhatsApp and Signal WhatsApp is owned by Facebook and says that it is a completely autonomous and and free from spying program, and it's not. In fact, it has more advertising collection than most Facebook algorithms. When you look at Signal, although it is a Silicon Valley company and it is autonomous from any of the big conglomerates, it's only a matter of time that they buy that. And the reason why is because whoever controls the information controls the world. And Silicon Valley does not want to lose that status. They want to keep as many customers as they possibly can because they sell you to people. Mark Zuckerberg, you look at Dorsey, you look at Tim Cook. They have become more political than ever. And even though they have infighting and Twitter goes after Facebook and Facebook goes after Tim Cook and Tim Cook goes after Zuckerberg, they are loyal to each other. And the common denominator that they all despise is Donald Trump. They have kicked him off all major platforms, including Pinterest, including Rumble, actually not Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Shopify, the end, the endless list where they have taken Donald Trump's voice away from him. But now it's not just Trump, General Flynn, the Hodge twins, my advertising that I've done, and I'm as small time as they get. They are now deciding which content is appropriate for your eyes and which is not. And I want to be completely transparent. There's a reason they're doing this above all else is that they don't, they don't agree with conservatives, conservatism and they are liberal at their core. They want Donald Trump silenced and they will do whatever it takes to get it. And the only way to get into the favor of the new administration and the Democrats who called them out in the Senate trials and the oversight committees, equally Republicans and Democrats called out social media, is to get them on their side. And what better way than for Zuckerberg to grease the wheels and Dorsey and Tim Cook by blocking Donald Trump so the new administration can hand them out everything that they want, which is autonomy and protection from accountability. This is why. It's not a fight against conservatives. It's a fight of their own censorship, where their power is too far-reaching, and it is too great, and the government knows that. 
But if they do something for the Democrats and they get Donald Trump shrunk to an infinitesimal amount, which allows them to impeach or hold criminal charges against him and take his voice away, which is his largest power, they win the day. When we look at comparison contrast between Apple and other companies, they make $886 billion as a market cap in 2019. This is more than the top 300 movies in the box office. It's more than Bitcoin altogether, which is only worth $13 billion. It's more than Nike and Adidas, which only is a fraction of those monies. It has more budget than NASA at $451 billion. It's worth more than the top five billionaires at $450 billion. It's more than all of the cell phone carriers at $559 billion. It's more than the U.S. Defense Department of Defense budget of $686 billion. It's more than Google at $751. And it's more than 25 of the top GDPs in Africa at $839 billion. And if you take Pepsi, Domino's, Coke, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, and any of the other fast food restaurants in existence... It makes more than $380 billion more than all of them combined. Apple has begun to become too big to fail. They are very similar to Exxon. They are very similar to DuPont and GE, which are so large if they did drop out of the Fortune 50, Fortune 15, and Fortune 5, they would bankrupt the world. The overreaching arch of Tim Cook by banning Parler from the App Store and Google doing the same is that they specifically say that hate speech and that communications that led to the Capitol riots were actually done through that app, through Parler. When the same can be hold true for WhatsApp and Signal and every other private communication and those companies are not being shut down. Dorsey just linked that Signal is the number one app downloaded on Google and Apple as of last night and retweeted that. Why? Because I would be very shocked if one of those five companies doesn't buy Signal and offer exuberant amounts of money in order to compete with WhatsApp. This is a game, and the freedom of speech that you possess is being taken away from you bit by bit, megabyte by megabyte, and gig by gig. It no longer is about Iron Gall ink and parchment paper. It's about the very ones and zeros that we are romanticized with every single day and can't seem to put down. They have their claws into us, and you hear people say, I will leave Facebook and just go to Twitter. I will go to Twitter and just go to Instagram. I will go to Instagram, leave Instagram and go to Parler. I will go to Parler and go to Rumble. But the funny thing is, is all you're doing is jumping out of the fire pan and into the fire. The day has come where we need to say, I will leave all of them behind and realize that there is a much better way to communicate and get my point across rather than being censored and monetized by large corporations that care nothing about your freedoms, but care about control and world domination. Folks, that is my show tonight. Thank you for watching. Remember, you can like, share, subscribe, and do all those fun things anytime you want by stopping by my website and saying hello. 
please like, subscribe, share at any time on any of those wonderful sites that you saw below. And lastly, Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1, please. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. It is way too many. We need your help. If you recognize that a veteran is in trouble, if you recognize that they need help, if you can't reach out to them, please call me. Call the other veterans who watch this show. We'll be more than happy to make that call with you. And if you can't do that, they can visit www.donunfriendme.com. Click the VCL hot link and go right to a Skype operator live to get the help that they need. And if you are not a veteran, please remember you can call this too. It's not just only for vets. Anyone who needs help can call VCL. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. I truly appreciate you stopping by. Please stay tuned. Thank you for being a dummy, and I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching Don't Unfriend Me, everybody. I want to recommend Alex from Aleko's Design. He works on all of my video and graphic design, and he is amazing. Please give him a shot. Please head on over to his website at www.alekosdesigns.com. And one more quick thing before we go, folks. Still Point does the music intro for the show. They are listeners. They are fans, and we absolutely love them. Special thanks that amazing song and you can hear citizen soldier at reverbnation.com slash still point